0: OK, so tell me again about the torque for the thwop, which uh, w- once again, Janine, once again, I'm going to I'm going to say with love thwarp. It's a there's an
1: R thwarp. But thwop feels right. <laughs> yeah. All except right.
0: for thwop is like like a really like a really goopy sex sound. That, like that like tracks. a handful. <laughs> 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 I
1: mean, <laughs> you haven't dissuaded me on that one. Uh, but thwarp. Okay. Thwarp
0: is thwarp.
1: Well, OK, mm-hmm. so thworp. I can hear the R when you say it because it is kind of like a rolling R because of the fabric and the push of the, yep, yep, of the yep, spindles. Yep. Okay, so here is the thing: I broke. Uh, I have two fans. One of them is. The, I think I am holding on to a fan for one of you. One of you. Um,
2: I bought a pack of six of those rainbow fans, so two of those are for oh, me.
1: Okay, so then I have so I have a backup. Mm-hmm, um, duh, that's why I got six. That's, yeah, um, but I got very excited during this last PP, um, <laughs> and. Uh, <laughs> And maybe uh, got a little enthusiastic with my thwarping mm-hmm. because of all the potential thwapping. Um. <laughs> he ain't wrong though. <laughs>
0: He Janine, it is not often that you are filthier than us. Today, you know what? Cheers, it's, it, you know sir. You know why Janine is in such good spirits? Because we have a president elect, y'all. Yay. Wow. Welcome to Podlander Drunk. No, God damn it. Oh, welcome. Man. Welcome. Welcome to Sawston Austin, a Podlander Drunkcast podcast. This is Volume One Imbibing Prejudice. Uh, it's the sixth episode of the BBC a and mini series *Pride and Prejudice*, written by Andrew Davies, noted "fuck you" guy <laughs> of Emma Thompson. That none of that is true. Just the last part's a lie. Sorry, just the last part. That's a lie. I'm Allison. I'm Julie. That's Janine. Plop. Um, <laughs> uh, and y'all, we're gonna talk about this when we get when we get there. But. This time in watching this particular PP episode, which I love, I love episode six, um, but I had forgotten exactly how many heavy hitter scenes there are in this episode, and I was not prepared for understanding on like a bone deep level, exactly how happy Lizzie and Darcy are at the end of the episode, because a thing that they didn't dare dream would come about does come about. Mm -hmm. I was like, oh, that's how I felt yesterday. Mm -hmm. Like such a sense of relief that, oh my God, this we're actually, our long national nightmare is almost slightly over it's our long national nightmare is slight going to be slightly less nightmarish
2: still a nightmare it's still a no, nightmare we're still in a
1: fever dream for sure but not yeah. the
2: same nightmare no. we don't have to keep having the same nightmare yeah. Yeah. now we can move on to new nightmares yeah
1: which is progressing right yes there's, there's yeah. progress in that right yeah
2: um we have faced in in the parlance of Nightmare on Elm Street one, which I saw for the first time this week, we have faced our nightmares and told them to fuck off, and that felt good.
0: I uh, I th- I feel like our listeners should know that we, as always, did the crowdcast before this, um, and the first like fifteen minutes of it was just alternately dancing and crying a little bit about how good we feel. Mm-hmm. Um, which all we we also did this a little bit on Friday night. You will have already heard our 100th episode. Um, so so you you heard us tentatively approaching a position of hope. Um, ooh, Julie's got a new cocktail. What's that shit? Well, he just brought me some coffee. Oh, that's okay. a cocktail it's, of it's, energy
1: is what it's that is.
0: Caffeine,
2: the mm-hmm. the surest stimulant of all. But I did make myself a double Manhattan lengthened with soda with three cherries.
0: Yes, bitch. Ah.
2: Because three cherries will be popped.
1: Ah, well, well done. Lydia's already well. That was great, Good. but Jane and Lizzie are. Man, this is going to be a filthy episode. Cool.
0: I guess so. Thwap yeah. thwop. Thwop, thwop, bitch Thwop, thwop. Thwop,
1: thwop, 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 thwop. <laughs> you know
0: what? I always thought thwop sounded like a sex sound. When whenever you would write thwop. I would always. I was like, oh, that's that's so like farty. Yeah, it's a very like wet, moist bodies, um, but. Uh, Now it sounds extra like sex because it also sounds like WAP.
1: Mm -hmm. Yes, it does.
0: T-H-W-A-P, maybe. Yeah. Mm
1: -hmm. Is that a THWAP? It's THWAP. THWAP.
0: That's her wet-ass Pemberley.
2: Yeah! (laughs) Oh, my God, that moment when she admitted it.
0: That's her white-ass privilege.
1: Oh! Oh. Oh. (laughs) That's the one. That's That's his
0: white-ass privilege. Okay. Yeah, totally. Totally. And that's, you know what, I'm going to say that's uh, Mr. Wickham's wet ass privilege, because Mm -hmm. the fact that he is not dead in the bottom of a ditch somewhere or like rotten in jail for all of the people that he essentially stole from. Oh, God. That's some white ass privilege. And
2: you know what? It's not like Darcy couldn't have done that if he wanted to. Oh, for sure. That's the thing. Yeah. He could have had Wickham murdered.
1: Oh, yeah. Easily. Easily. Easy, you know. How and he didn't. No one walks like those carriages ride by. No one gives a fuck who's in the gutter. Wickham, you could have been, uh, like out of there, yeah, eliminated. Dad, yeah.
0: Somebody get the Kingsman on the phone. <laughs> oh wait, Colin Firth is in those movies. He is. <laughs> so, so actually, he could just do it himself. What mm-hmm. Lizzie doesn't know is that Darcy is. And also, we just watched the Alias pilot. M5. What Lizzie doesn't know is that Darcy, Darcy spy. has a secret life. At at the king's demand. (laughs) All
2: right, what do we got (sighs) here, you guys? All kinds of good shit. I love this episode. I very much enjoy this episode, and I know that it's partially because it's an excellent episode of television, and it's also just because I'm fucking riding high right now. Oh, my God. Yeah,
0: let's get to it.
1: Uh, When you guys asked me for predictions on this in the crowdcast, I really undersold all the things that were gonna happen, because I kind of felt this was gonna be a falling action episode. No. No No way. There was so much going on. Well, you
0: think, because episode five is so eventful, there's all the galloping, and all the like, bring me a beer, and then a beer just Mm -hmm. appears. Bring me another Muay Thai, says Mr. Darcy, (laughs) and a drink just appears, Um, that it couldn't possibly be as action-packed. And it isn't as action-y, but like, everybody's making moves, everybody's Standing up for themselves or going after what they want. Lydia shows up being just an asshole. Oh my God. Because you could hear, if you hear the story of Pride and Prejudice described and Lydia's character doesn't come into it, right? It's just like, here is what happened to this girl, then it's a tragedy. Right? And it is still a tragedy. Like Lydia's story is still tragic. But, oh, she sucks. (laughs) (laughs) Oh.
2: Well, at the very beginning of the episode, we're reminded why she sucks. She sucks. Because her mother sucks.
0: Although, you know what? I'm really looking forward to talking about Sickest Burns because there are some contenders in this episode. Obviously, because of Lady Catherine and Lizzie, there are some like contenders. Oh, yeah. But, oh, my God. Oh. Lizzie ha- I mean, Lydia has a few good ones, but when Mrs. Bennett says, hang kitty, what does she to do with it? Every time I'm like, hang kitty? <laughs> hang her? She's just the worst. Hang <laughs> kitty, what does she
2: have to do with it? Oh, oh my salt. <laughs>
1: I voted for Trump! I definitely voted for Trump! Of course she did. Of course she did.
2: At the beginning of the episode, she is laid up in her sickbed next to her apothecary of various salts because she's trying to get over the fact that Lydia... Will not be married at Longbourn because she she's starts about it. happy. First yeah, she's, she's like, happy, Ooh, what but what it, then she sad. It ended
0: so well. What did I, t- I? There's a lot of. I told you it was going to be great, which she did not. Like no, everybody no. in her family died in her imagination in the last two weeks, and yeah. it's
2: not great. So yeah. like her yeah. talking herself into believing that it's great is just dastardly.
0: Well, and it's so important because I I think. It's important to the narrative of the story that Darcy is a dick, but he's not wrong about this piece of it specifically. Right. Like, her family is actually an obstacle because they are just that awful. Some of them, anyway, are just that awful. So it's important that Mrs. Bennet delude herself about the nature of Lydia's marriage because that puts her in a position to be feeling really high and mighty about it mm-hmm. to Darcy, the person who is responsible for all of her nightmares coming to an end. yep, Like, directly responsible, and she's such an asshole to him. Aw, oh, I'm <laughs> sorry, I'm sorry. I wanna use Julie's favorite word. We're all having a good day. I'm just gonna try to give, give my two dear friends here all the treats I can. She's such a butthole. She is a butthole.
2: (laughs) She's such a butthole. God, she's a butthole. butthole. So she's she's alternately excited about the fact that her young daughter got married, and then she's saying shade to her other daughters about them not being married. She's just being a shit bag, and she's talking about oh, we've got to get her a new dress. Go ask dad how much money he'll give her for her new dress. And it's it's really like oh God, Allison Stedman, Mrs.
0: Bennett. You earned your paycheck. You're so good at this part. Yes, she is. And she, the thing that I really love is how easily she sells the turn that I think is the hardest to swallow in Mrs. Bennett's state of mind, which is how she starts being such a dick about her brother. Yes. who, Who she thinks is responsible for her salvation because they all believe it to be him, right? That Gardner paid everybody yeah, off, right? They, they all, they were told it was Mr. Gardner and that it was 500 pounds or whatever, right? But Lizzie and, as a result, Jane and Mr. Bennett all know better. They all know, they don't know that it's not Mr. Gardner, but they all know that it was actually a lot more money than that. It had to have been more money than that.
2: Didn't her dad say 10,000? Yeah, uh, he's
0: a fool if he takes her for anything less than 10,000 pounds, minimum 10,000.
2: And, and no, that back then was like
0: because there's no living forever. That the thing is, there is no reason, there is no incentive for him to n- to marry her at all, right? Like that's why in episode five five, when Lizzie says she has no friends, no connections, nothing that can tempt him. They don't have money. They don't have friends in high places, so they cannot motivate him with. cash. She cannot motivate him with cash. They cannot really motivate him with shame because she's just not important enough. It wouldn't matter. It would just be a reflection on her character and not on his. Right. So there is Ugh. literally nothing in it for him. He has no reason to marry her. So that's why 10,000 pounds. It's not, he's passing up an opportunity to get money from somebody else. And also, now she's got a shitty reputation. So now he's marrying, because the patriarchy is such garbage. So now he's marrying damaged goods, essentially, which is why it was such a vast sum of money. Do
2: we ever get an accounting of what he actually owed? like what Darcy actually it's more laid detailed out in the
0: books, but it's yeah. Darcy and, um, and Mr. Gardner and Mr. Bennett between them, but mostly Darcy, right? Mm-hmm. Mr. Gardner was able to pay some of the creditors in Meriton, I think without Darcy, without Darcy getting involved. And, um, Maybe it, maybe that's also part of the ruse. It's been a while since I've read... been a while since I've read this part of the book. <laughs> um, but basically, Mr. Darcy wanted to do as much of it as possible. Uh, and it involved all of his creditors in both Meriton and Brighton, which is he owed money to every merchant in town and had gambling debts and all when of that Mr. shit. When Mr. Bennett lifted up the list that Darcy sent him, like
2: Darcy sent him a receipt, like... Here's what I did. Well, Gardner sent him a receipt. Gardner, that's right. Every yeah. single person that was paid. And yeah. it was like two pages, too. So you know that Wickham is... Oh.
0: Well, because when they show up in those clothes, that it's one of the really great pieces of costuming because they never talk about it because they don't need to. But all of a sudden, Wickham and Lydia show up, and they are wearing nicer clothes than anybody else in the house. Yep. Right? Yep. Like, economically, they've, they certainly haven't jumped in societal standings, um but they have more money now. Uh, and either way, either they're wantonly spending the money, or or um, Wickham is anyway, wantonly spending, spending the money that Darcy paid him to bribe him to marry Lydia, or that's from all the debts he was racking up everywhere. For all we know that he ordered those clothes somewhere in London, where they d- where they thought he would be good for it, and there are mm-hmm. still more debts, right? And it's, probably it is specified in the book, and this will come up when we do when we read it, um, which I think we said we were going to do at some point. Um, but also uh, when we get to Death Comes to Pemberley, um, they continue to need money, so Darcy has a hard time. Lizzie tries really hard to keep Darcy's mess or to keep Wickham's mess from Darcy. So she often, if Lydia needs money, will send money out of her like personal allowance, which is considerable because again, she's got fat stacks of money now. Um, but also they also hit Jane up for money. Oh um, Jane That's and Bingley. And eventually. It. That's what's coming. <laughs> this is one of my favorite details in the final chapter of the book. Eventually even Bingley is like, you gotta go. It's <laughs> like to the point where even Mr. Bingley is like, nope. Sorry, you can't stay here anymore. Get out of like, my house. And if right. you drive those people to be like, we really question their judgment. Those two people who are like, everything's wonderful. Two golden retrievers, if two golden retrievers think poorly of you, you Ooh. have made some bad decisions. Examine
2: your choices.
0: That's like Mr. Rogers is ashamed of you. That's what it is like. Wow, oh,
1: that'd be heartbreaking.
0: Right? But not to them and they just keep wantonly asking for money. <sighs> I would be remiss if I didn't
2: note something in the transition between the first two scenes of the episode that really impressed me. So, we start in Mrs. Bennett's bedroom Mm -hmm. where she's having her big epic aria about Lydia getting married. And then we follow Lizzie downstairs and she's just pissed, so pissed. But you can't escape her mother's voice. Like yeah. you come down the stairs and you can still hear Mrs. Bennett screaming and yelling. And then you see Lizzie turn towards her dad's study and dad goes, Come in. And you can still hear Mrs. Bennett screaming. And he says, Close the door.
0: Was, well, and, and that, they and stand there. Yes. Yes. Yeah, they that hold the hands and just mm-hmm. listen to her caterwauling oh. before he says, That's Close right. The they have the
2: quiet moment first. And then he says, Close, Close the door.
0: The door. <laughs> I love this scene so much. This is, eventually we're obviously gonna have a very uh, spirited debate about who is the best to everybody, right? Like best mm-hmm. Lydia, best Lizzie, best Darcy, best Wickham, et cetera, et cetera. Um, lots of the bests are gonna come from this miniseries. Um but I think Mr. Bennett is a little bit open for debate. There are some really good depictions of Mr. Bennett out there. But this episode, this guy kills the whole way through. Like, from here on out, there is there are two scenes, exactly two scenes, maybe three, where, nope, two, where he's just happy, right? One is when, silent, it's the scene Jeanine got most excited about. We see one little silent montage scene of him, like, sipping a port and reading a book. Right? And he giggles about it, and it's cute as hell. Yep. It's very That's cute. one. Two yeah. is after Jane gets engaged. And even in that scene, he still tells a joke about how much Wickham sucks. Right, Every other scene, it, this episode is distinctive because every other time we see Mr. Bennet, it's tinged with sadness. Right, And you get that in episode five, but the thing he says at the end of his big scene in episode five is, don't worry, it'll pass and far more quickly than it should, which is such a, like... A really effective piece of self indictment, right? Like that's he that says comes a, from shame.
2: He says a similar thing about himself in this one too, which is, I can forget it. I probably shouldn't, but I will. Or say it's very yes. similar because he says it about Lydia and Wickham. Yeah. He's like, I eh, might as well just let it go. There's nothing else I can do about it. It's real easy for me to compartmentalize and move on. Yeah. So that's what I'm going to do.
0: But every other scene is just so sad. And there's the, uh, we'll get there, but his, Last scene with Lizzie has my very oh my favorite God. Mr. Bennett moment in it's it. It's beautiful. Yeah. Anyway, okay. So this scene is just like, well, I, I mean, I, I don't know what to do, man. How much did he have to pay, and how am I ever going to pay him back? And
2: I have a question
0: for you, Allison. Yes, hit me.
2: Because I was trying to take better notes this week. Because as the blanket urges me, I'm trying to be better at my job. <laughs> <laughs> I was too busy being won over by the sound design and neil and i were kind of quietly discussing how awesome the shut the door moment was and like what that means for mr bennett and his life and the blah 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 blah, blah. he goes on a little mini monologue about his family succession rules can you lay out what he says there i know does he say why it was that way
0: It's not really detailed, but that's, it's like a common enough story, right? There's something, it's all, I mean, it's a part of the basic premise of Sense and Sensibility, right? That there is a condition, essentially the property was left to him with a provision in the will that it had to pass from him to his male heir. And if he doesn't have a son, then it goes to the next male in the line of succession. Um, In Sense and Sensibility, um, it's a provision that this like very loving uncle who then just has this one really shitty, again, the patriarchy um, in, it puts on so that um, uh, the sisters are unable to inherit, right? His, this man's sisters and, or sorry, this man's daughters and his wife are unable to inherit the property. And that is what's happening here too. Mm-hmm. But the gist of that conversation, the part that's important is that, he's condemning himself because he just always assumed eventually he have a son. And by the time he realized he was never going to have one, it was too late to begin planning for the future of his daughters. Right. He just counted on the fact that eventually his wife was going to pop out a boy. And instead they had five girls. And by the time Lydia, by the time it became clear that Lydia was going to be their last kid. And who knows how old she was when that became clear. But by the time it became clear that Lydia was going to be their last kid, it was way too late for them to begin saving. It's like if you assumed that every one of your kids was going to get a full ride to college, and then by the time you figured out that none of them were going to get a full ride to to college, it was basically, in his eyes, not worth beginning to save for those college funds, which, of course, is stupid. Like, just start now. Even if it's not going to be nearly enough, you have to start now. Um, because instead, we have this position where both, where all of the sisters who have brains, um, or like a sense of responsibility, I guess, so Jane and Lizzie, feel like it's their responsibility to very well. Yeah. Um, Jane thinks that... She would very much like to marry for love, but can't. Lizzie, on the other hand, is basically counting on being an old maid and has reconciled herself to being poor when she's old because she would rather be poor than in a marriage where she doesn't love her partner because of the example set by her parents. Whereas Jane is like, well, it's my duty to get married, even if it's to someone I don't love, but I really hope it's to someone I love.
2: So let's take a little bit of a deep dive into the psychology of Mr. and Mrs. Bennett, just briefly, just for me. Okay, Because if he's saying that it got to the point where they realized they weren't going to have an heir. To me, that means that they were still trying. So, uh, like, I know that it's very clear that Mr. Bennett has chosen a way to deal with having Mrs. Bennett as his wife. And sometimes it's sad and sometimes it's like, oh, God, what a dick. And, so you know. Mm-hmm. But do they do they still love each other? Is that love? Can you, cause it's so, he even outright says it to Lizzie later about, I would never, out of all my children, I would never wish for you to marry someone you did not respect. Right. So Mr. Bennett is while short sighted and foolhardy about what it means to be a woman in society at his time is like a tragic fucking dad.
0: Well, they go into a little more detail in this in the book, but basically the the issue with Mr. Bennett is because he's so sardonic, because he's so cynical and is so amused by people like Mr. Collins. Mr. Collins is a great example, actually. So Mr. Bennett invites Mr. Collins to stay with them, not because of the chance that he will marry one of their daughters and save the day but because he thinks it's going to be hilarious, right? Like, he says mm-hmm. that out loud. Like, I I have great hope that he will be even more ridiculous than he n- is in his letter. It's never about them getting hitched to him, right? Mm-hmm. It's just that he thinks it's going to be really funny to watch this idiot roam around his house for a while. But, he, <laughs> but that wears thin, as it does with Mrs. Bennett, because what what Austin outlines is in the book is that Mr. Bennett thought she was pretty, and thought she was thought it was hilarious because she was such an idiot, which is an incredibly cruel thing, frankly, right? Like that's incredibly dismissive of uh, who gets the last word though, man.
2: She made his life a living fucking hell.
0: Totally. But I mean, they both, mm, I was going to say they both deserve better, but I'm not sure that's true, but Mm -hmm. you know, she could have potentially found someone who would actually love her. Um, Whether or not she could love them in return, I think, is debatable. And maybe on some deeper level, there's affection there, but I really doubt it. It's laid out pretty clearly that he just can't stand her. That he thought it was going to be... If he didn't love her, at least it was going to be funny. And she's pretty.
2: If he didn't love her, at least he was going to want to fuck her.
0: And... He was going to have a really good time watching her be an idiot, like inviting Mr. Collins to stay. Right? God,
2: speaking of short-sighted, exactly. So that's that's his major character flaw is in inability to actually project his mind into the future. Which
0: I think ends up in the long run being good for Lizzie because she sees the cost of that. Like mm-hmm. she sa- she shares his enjoyment of the ridiculous. But the difference between how Mr. Bennett might have handled the scene with Lady Catherine and how Lizzie handles the scene with Lady Catherine is he would have just found it amusing and it would have made everything worse. Well, there's no stakes for
2: him. He's a man.
0: Well, but no, I agree. But Mm -hmm. the stakes are his daughters. Right. If that scene had been Lady Catherine tearing into Mr. Bennett because of Lizzie. Right. The subject is the same, but the participants change. He would have just thought it was hilarious, and we know that to be true because he thinks the letter he gets from Mr. Collins is hilarious about this subject, whereas Lizzie sees it for what it is, and the fact that she responds not like Lady Catherine is hilarious, which, seen from a distant, that woman throwing a temper tantrum because she decided a long time ago that... Darcy was going to marry her daughter could be really funny if you are amused by people being assholes, which we know Mr. Bennett is. But Lizzie takes her seriously because it's a serious thing. And it ultimately ends up being the thing that allows them to have a happy ending because she reacts like even hateful, ridiculous people have to be taken seriously as a threat to your own happiness, right? Like it's the difference between laughing at I don't know, laughing at punching Nazis and letting that be the only thing that you do to fight Nazis, right? Yes. Like, Mm -hmm. if the only thing you do to stand up against white supremacy is laugh at videos of Nazis, then you're not doing enough and it's not gonna be good for anybody. (laughs) So Mr. Bennett laughs and Lizzie says, no, fuck you, I'm not gonna promise you that, right? And Mm -hmm. that decision, her willingness to do the thing that's going to infuriate a relative that she has every reason to believe he values whose opinion he values ends up being the thing that allows them to come together because Darcy takes it as a sign that she, that she wouldn't have said it if it wasn't true. And it means he still has a shot. Right. Hmm. So it's good in the long run that, mr bennett's judgment is so demonstrably bad and it's interesting as a character thing that this is the episode where we see him reckon with that where he acknowledges that he has shitty judgment just like abysmal judgment
2: and i think you really did hit on something very important in that lizzie is definitely his closest daughter yes um his smartest daughter the daughter he probably loves the most and she's the one that took his example, internalized it, and said, this was a mistake. Like, you don't have to be this way. And wh- exactly like you said, she's like, I can laugh at stupid people too, but when it comes to it, I have to stop it. Mm-hmm. Right, so that was awesome. We get. To- I can't wait to get to that scene. You guys, we're still in the second scene. <laughs> yes. I mean, it's a- this is a very good episode. Okay, um, thank you for, I had a note that said, lay out the succession story, me- story for me, Allison, and you just did. Thank you. All right. And then we've got um, the gardeners and Lydia in the carriage. So this is the voiceover of the saddest wedding where Lydia is like, where is everyone? And I, y'all, that was very sad.
0: Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. It's sad in the book, too, where and it's more frustrating for the gardeners like the Austin has a lot of sympathy for the gardeners. Yes.
2: Um, They are cleaning up a lot of messes that don't belong to them.
0: And it's a it's a testament to how much they love Jane and Lizzie um, and Mr. Bennett, probably, Mm -hmm. even if they, you know, question his judgment, because um, they do it even though. (laughs) <laughs> the rest of the Bennett's don't right. really deserve their help. No. Um, but there's a description in the book where Mrs. Gardner, when she, Mrs. Gardner tells the story, is that she spends the entire buildup to Lydia's wedding trying to be like, would you please listen to me for just a second? <laughs> like, I need you to understand the reality of your situation. And Lydia just straight up ignores her the entire Because Lydia
2: time. is her mother's daughter. Yes,
0: exactly. So it is sad, but Lydia doesn't realize it's sad.
2: Which is why the beginning of the episode is so brilliant that they open with Mrs. Bennett in full, like freak out Mrs. Bennett, because you realize it makes it a little bit easier to understand Lydia. So then we get the flashback of the sad wedding and cheap side. But there is a moment in this scene that is so great and that's when it's the mid-range close-up on Wickham, and you're hearing the story, and then Darcy just raises like a specter, like, <laughs> right behind him.
1: In a hero like, shot. Upwards right, like, looking try like, to
2: run, bitch.
1: Ah, uh, shotgun. You turn her around,
2: to- and you... I wish a
0: motherfucker would.
1: Yeah, dude.
2: That's, like...
0: <laughs> well, but also, he is essentially serving as the best man here, right? Like, mm-hmm. he... He wants to fix this situation, which we find out in this episode, he believes to be entirely his own fault, which is not true, but it is a little bit his fault. It's a, well, it's it's a little bit a lot of people's fault.
2: It's helpful that he feels that way because he actually has the power to do things about yes. it. Yes, yeah. yes,
0: it is. And he, um, and it's so it's such a demonstration of his personal evolution because the Darcy we meet would never have done this. And that proposal scene is such a wake up call for his character is such a, like a dramatic bucket of cold water to the face that it allows him to see even in a thing where he mostly did the right thing, right? He was, he, the attempt here was to protect his sister, but because that is what he prioritized, he, um,
2: he, he knows he feels guilty for not telling everybody that Wickham was a predator, that Wickham's an asshole. Like, he could have gone out at yes. the beginning and been like, hey, everybody, don't give lines of credit to this guy. Don't do this. Don't do this. He could have ruined Wickham, Wickham's life from the very beginning and stopped him from preying on other women. And I think that's... But
0: he wanted to protect his sister. Right. He so didn't want to tell that story, right? Because exactly. it looked yes. bad for him. Which is why, I mean still and they cut this from this episode which is the one thing given how much Davies includes this is the one thing that I wish he hadn't cut which is Lizzie after Lizzie convinces Mr. Bennett that she loves him without telling the story which I love I love that she's like listen I need you to believe me I need you to trust me that I love him before she explains what he did because if it was reversed, Mr. Bennett might think that Lizzie feels indebted. That she had that to that is marry. why she's right. doing it. Mm-hmm. Which And he might have doubted that forever. But she gets him convinced before she ever reveals that information. And mm-hmm. once he believes her, she's like, okay, now I'm really going to blow your mind. And she tells him everything. Mm-hmm. So he, go- Mr. Bennett goes from being like, if you really love him, then my blessing, I don't get it but i believe you so you do your thing i want you to be happy and she's like great so let me tell you about this guy and then here's he's like oh pemberley <laughs> <laughs> well i think more here's a photo of mr darcy frog marching a man he just paid 10,000 pounds to to a church in cheapside and standing there while this asshole marries your slutty, slutty daughter. Oh,
2: And it's not even that she's a slut. It's just that well, she's I mean, dumb. She and is that's
0: dumb. But in this case, the reason that it's so important is because mm-hmm. he has no reason to marry her. Exactly. He is because he's and again, patriarchy is garbage. Lydia, if what Lydia wants to do is fuck, Lydia should be able to fuck. But in, (laughs) like, but in the time, what she was doing um, basically made her unmarriageable. So he was marrying somebody no one else would marry. Like, no one of society would marry, basically. Um, And then... (laughs) So, point being, Mr. Bennett comes around on Mr. Darcy pretty fucking fast.
1: Yeah, at that point, then he's like, well, can I marry him? I I should marry him, too, (laughs) Can I marry him? I think I'm in love with him. I think think that he might actually
0: say that in the book. I think if you don't marry him, I might marry him myself. Is something. It might be in there. So, uh, included in
2: the letter is a little bit of a... But like little info drop about the fact that Wickham and Lydia are not going to be living in society like they can't. So it's like you can't live in Longbourn. They're going to move to Newcastle. And then Mr. Bennett's like, they're not welcome back here. And then the next scene is them showing up there, which is perfect. It's such a good cut.
0: And it, we do lose a little thing that I like. Um But but the cut alone is worth it because it's so funny that Mr. Bennett says, no, she's never setting foot in this house again, and Lizzie and Jane just let him talk and they let their mother explode and start (laughs) sobbing and run upstairs, and then they quietly go into the study and they're like, listen, if you don't let her come here, her life is over. It'll be that her family won't even recognize her. Yes, It will hurt her eventually, it will hurt us eventually. They don't have to live here, they're not gonna live here, but you have to recognize her as your daughter. Uh, It's the very least that you can do. So, because he respects them, he says, Yes, they can come. And then the entire time, he's such a dick to Wickham. I love it so much. Mr. Bennett, with his like, just staring at this asshole. (laughs) Everybody else is talking, and Mr. Bennett's just doing this. (laughs) Sorry. Mrs. Bennett
2: trying to figure out where they can live in the neighborhood before Mr. Bennett shuts her down, where she's going through all the different estates that might be available to let or buy. This is where I formed my opinion that Mrs. Bennett in another time, in another timeline could have been a real estate icon. Yes.
0: She's like, right. The dry, it, the great house at Stoke would work if the drawing rooms were larger.
2: Right. And that parlor at the other one is just a little, skosh too small. She
1: oh, it's been,
0: the attics.
2: She, the attics are too small.
1: That's right. The attics. She would have been the very, she a Regency bus stop uh, advertisements would have been really great for her. Oh, I yes.
0: Oh, or yes. benches. Bennett. The yeah. benches.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Just like nothing but her on there with her smelling salts going like,
0: oh, this is her slogan. I
2: knew what I said it to you. I can't believe these deals. They make (laughs) me faint. Her slogan
0: would be like, my nerves, your benefit.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Oh, Uh,
2: and then I so I wrote Mr. B says no Wickham's in Longbourn. But then here they are. So they show up. And then the moment with Mary's face, Mary's fucking face. Yeah. It's so awesome. She is so pissed. And she's just in the background like she always is, stewing. And there's a moment where you, I I feel like the focus is a little bit supposed to be on her. And it's just like, you assholes.
0: I, before we move on Julie, I think I cracked why this Mrs. Bennett would be a great realtor idea is so genius. And it's this. She would accidentally be a great realtor and she would always think it's because she's so good at negotiating but she would come in and ask for an absurd amount of money for a house and the person buying would be like, no. And then she would just whine and faint and scream until they said yes to shut her up. So she would have like the best close rate She no one would be able to figure out how she gets these high prices. She'd become like like a world's greatest realtor, and it's just because people need to eventually shut her up.
2: What other real estate person can we think of that that might apply to?
1: I don't know. There's someone I'm there's really somebody, the I don't know. Line. I seem to have forgotten. You know, I think it's some it has something to do with uh fucking landscaping though. For I some just reason. don't remember it's,
2: uh, I it's something about total uh, <laughs> I and don't uh, remember. There, I, I don't know. Maybe it was a dream.
1: There's a seasonality to this, too. I, I, I feel like I'm forgetting someone.
0: <laughs> you know, I've been meaning to I've been meaning to suggest a show that is so outlandish. It could never happen in real life. Uh, Veep. Um, <laughs>
1: <laughs> oh, I just felt well passed out with that laugh. I oh, just, my God. So,
2: that's good. OK, hold on. We got to keep moving. Yeah. Oh: So Lydia and Wickham show up at Longbourn in their fancy clothes, which Allison already mentioned, and that's like a little hint from the costumer that these people are not taking this seriously. and they it's a, it, it means that Lydia's life from here on out is nothing but tragedy, mm-hmm. frankly. that's mm-hmm. just by costuming alone, you should understand that little moment. She gets out of her little carriage and then proceeds to Mrs. Bennett all over everybody's face. <laughs> She's like, oh, I'm married now, so I go in first. And it's like, oh my God, you. Oh,
0: To Jane, not just I go in first, but like, Mm -hmm. excuse me, Jane, you have to go behind, excuse me, nicest person in the entire world, you have to go behind me now. Like how? I get maybe saying that to Lizzie, but surely Jane has just always been nice to everyone. Mm
2: -mm. I have, my note is, I hope that moment was worth it, Lydia. (sighs) Oh. cuz you know the rest of her life is going to be pretty bad. Yeah. Yeah. And it real like the as a woman particularly trying to empathize with what time was like or, or what everything was like for women in that time period. She's fucked. It's just going to be a nightmare for the rest of her life. <laughs> oh, yeah. So we can hate on her all she want, all we want. And I will, cause she's an asshole and she's definitely, nope, she's not my golden butthole.
1: No, she's not the golden butthole. She's not
0: the golden butthole. There doll. are so many buttholes. There's
1: there are like, too many buttholes. Just uh, like everyone. <laughs> too many
0: buttholes, a Jane Austen story.
1: <laughs> everyone just bent over, <laughs> spreading. just butt, 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 butt so butthole. So
2: Lydia has this moment where she lords her marriage over everybody. And I'm like, mother's daughter, boom, boom, boom. And then I'm like, Hwa, wha, wha? because this is where Lizzie finds out that Darcy was at their wedding so they have the little sister walk remember and yep. Liz, it, Lydia's all like talking about it like it was so fun and I'm so sad you couldn't be there and oh Darcy was there oh that was supposed to be a
0: secret yeah oh. she's so the woman who plays Lydia Allison's no Julia Sawalha Yes, um, is so good in this scene because she you can tell that she relishes a lording all of this over her sisters but B fucking up like oh no that was supposed to be a secret i'm so bad oh i'm so bad oh my god i'm so bad Mm -hmm. it's just oh it's so perfectly hateable As she says that, you
2: can watch Jane and Lizzie, the only two bitches in the fucking moor who know what the fuck is going down, just like melt inside themselves. Like, oh, my God, you fucking idiot. Yeah. Oh, God. And it's so sad. But Lizzie is also a little bit excited. Oh, yeah. You
1: can see her breath get caught. She's like, oh, oh, hello. Because
2: Darcy. What? Darcy. Oh. Oh. Okay. You can okay. see
0: Jennifer Ely is so good because you can see Lizzie, like you it's like you can see the part of her brain that's like, did he do that for me? No, he what couldn't he have do? possibly have done no. that for me. He's Never. it's just because he's a good person. It cannot possibly be because he still loves it, me. It's not because of me, right? It's just right. not. It's definitely not, right? No. It's so like she, my ego is so big. It's and definitely so Lizzie not
2: does the thing that all women do, which is she gets in touch with her other ladies. She writes a letter to Mrs. Gardner and she's like, What the fuck? Why the fuck was Darcy there? And Mrs. Gardner's like, I'm surprised,
0: too. I don't really know. And then she lays it out. I love I wish that the letter that it was possible to include the whole letter, but it wouldn't be right. Um, it just you can sort of tell where the little jump is. I bet they shot all that and everything. But that letter, it's so obvious <laughs> that Mrs. Gardner has been dying to tell Lizzie <laughs> and to ask what the hell is going on. And when she writes the letter, there's this note in that Austin writes about where you can tell that Mrs. Gardner is like pushing whether or not she can ask. Like, I think you know why he was here. I think you would know that better than me. I'm surprised that I have to tell you, but if I really have to tell you, here's what happened. Um, because she just assumes that they're engaged already and that Lizzie, they both assume... That's part of the explanation. Both gardeners assume that Lizzie and Darcy have some sort of understanding or are secretly already engaged, and that is why Darcy comes to do it, and that's why they say yes, is they assume that Lizzie is playing a part in this.
1: Oh, wow. Ooh,
2: that makes excellent sense, because then later the whole, like, gossip mill rumor thing yeah, makes or, way more sense.
1: Yeah, because everyone is like, oh, well, they're in on it. Oh, that, they're really, already so engaged. engaged. Yes, yeah, yeah. totally. Oh, that makes so much um, more
0: sense now. So... Exactly, like it's and in this case, Lady Catherine finds out because of Mister Collins and Charlotte, um, yeah. not because of um, anybody Mr. else. Mister Collins doesn't
1: know how to shut himself up. <laughs> well,
0: no. in Charlotte, there's there are little notes about how happy Charlotte is about this development and how much she enjoys that Lady Catherine is not. And eventually, she's like, when once they actually get engaged, Charlotte's like, uh, "We have to go stay at Longbourn for a while because I'm not putting up with this." So they leave <laughs> and go stay with her parents for a while. That's how pissed off Lady Catherine is.
2: So in this letter back and forth between Lizzie and Mrs. Gardner, we do get a little uh, scene of Darcy explaining himself to Mr. Gardner. Like, I'm going to take care of all this. This is on me. I could have told people way back in the day that this person, Wickham, was uh, a bad person. I I feel responsible. So I'm going to pay for all this. And Gardner's like, really? That's a lot of money. Are you going to let me help you?
0: Darcy's also, like, this no. isn't entirely your fault. You're taking way too much responsibility. Exactly. And he's like, No, nope. Darcy's like, No, 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 no. no. Nope. I got me. this. I got this.
2: I've got so much money. Shake my hand, bro. And
0: that is Mrs. what Mrs. Gardner says. It's like <laughs> we, we would <laughs> never have said yes if <laughs> we fucking thought- duck it's just fallen out of his cuff. If just we promise. didn't think you were involved with this, we would never have said yes. So yeah. basically, you are involved with this, right? And then Lizzie just straight up never replies because she doesn't know what to say. Because right. she's very embarrassed that she Mrs. Shook. Gardner thinks that they're already engaged, and she doesn't want to have to write and say, No, we're not engaged. Like she doesn't want to have to admit it that they're not engaged because she would like That to be true so much. So she just, Mrs. Bennett or Mrs. Gardner writes like a 15 page letter and then it's like, and then gets like radio silence. (laughs) Gets nothing.
2: I also have to admit, based on Lizzie's overall character, that maybe she's seeing this happen and piecing all these pieces together, but realizes that if she says something, it's going to make her look like a Oh, yeah. I mean, Lizzie is obviously
0: incredibly intelligent. So it's Mm -hmm. a lot of things at once. So then Wickham.
2: And Lydia, are obviously, are right at Longbourn. Everybody's hanging out. It's not great, especially for Lizzie and Jane, because they understand the stakes.
0: But everybody's outside. It's a lovely day. And Lizzie, this is important. Lizzie is sitting on a bench reading this letter. Reading when when Wickham this letter.
2: When Wickham's like, can I bug you?
1: And she's like, motherfucker.
2: Let's take a walk. And she's like, yeah, <laughs> let's.
1: He says, let's take a w- walk, sister. Wow. This wow. is, she...
0: Is so Jennifer good. Jennifer this- Ely is so great in this whole episode, but she is very specifically so good at being like, "I'm gonna shut this shit down, Lizzie." And we get two shades of it. We get it here where she's like, "Oh, that's so funny." Yeah, for uh, you know what I heard? I heard maybe you weren't so into ta- making sermons. I heard maybe that 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 you were paid for that job. Maybe
2: my note on this is. Lizzie is a master of dropping little snippets of Dookie all over this motherfucker. Yes,
0: just like oh, just like smiling boop, angelically, boop, like beatifically smiling boop. the whole time. And oh, then you got paid off. Yeah. I know about and it. And then she oh. holds. We're brother and sister, you know. And then she holds her hand out to be kissed. Ugh. Oh. And it's so different from the way she acts with Lady Catherine. Like I just, argh! she Jennifer Ely is so good at this shit. She, we'll t- debate it later. But of all the Lizzies, she is the one who gets that Lizzie the best. Like that part of Lizzie, the the outmaneuver
2: the the actual intelligent outmaneuvering, like like spiky. Um,
1: Shut sh- like, that
0: shit down, Lizzie. She can yeah. like
1: she's like waltzing around people while like poking them in the back of the head and saying it wasn't me. Fuck you, ha <laughs> waltz. Yeah. Or, you deserve this. <laughs> well, and she's incredibly
0: socially adept, which Darcy is not, right? Yes. Like, th- that's part of why they're so well-suited to each other is she's going to be able to draw some of that out of him.
2: Anyway. Um, and then a coach shows up, and I'm like, is that a barouche box? And then my notice, no, Julie, not yet. <laughs> not yet, Julie. Not yet. Um, I have a moment here. Did you guys see this, or am I, like, hallucinating now? The coach shows up, and it's to take Wickham and Lydia to Newcastle, like they're leaving. And there's a moment where Mary looked directly into the camera. Really? Did you see it? Mm-mm. I swear to fucking God, I, she. It's about them leaving, and everybody, all the sisters are just like she does pissed. a full Jim Halpert. Yes, like she literally, <laughs> it literally does this. Like here I am looking at myself on the Zoom, and then <laughs> like. It was definitely the office moment. And I'm like, Mary, same. (laughs) We all feel that look into the camera. Um, And then Lydia is so happy to go start living her life with her new husband. And I'm like, have fun, stupid baby. (laughs)
0: Well, Janine, in particular, when we were on the Crowdcast, got excited when Mrs. Bennett is like, how long will you be gone? And Lydia says, oh, Lord, I don't know, two or three years at least. (laughs) And and I think Janine was like, yeah, stay gone. (laughs) Like,
1: (laughs) go, get Get. out. Great.
2: And then they leave and all the other sisters just like, oh, fucking Charlie Brown Christmas. They're way back into the house. Wait, 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 wait. Our Our lives are ruined.
0: My rent free moment. One of the moments that lives rent free in my brain, and it's just so delightfully dickish and fake, like it's expert line delivery, it's when fucking Wickham leans out of that carriage and is like, oh. let us not say goodbye, but as the French have it, au revoir! Ah. Au revoir! Ah. And you can, and Mr. Bennett, you can watch him go, Ugh. <laughs> <laughs> Ugh. Oh, He
2: is the worst. Just, he just, just sucks
0: sh- so much. Why does he out. suck so much?
1: See you in two years, fucker. Get the Ugh. fuck out. When you'll
2: be back for more money. Yeah. Right?
1: Yeah. Hide, hide the nice vases, everybody. Hide the nice vases.
2: The sisters <laughs> slowly shuffle back into the house. Their lives are ruined. And how do we know this? It's because it's soundtracked by Mary on the piano. Yeah, Mary
0: just playing some sad ass
2: music and all these women like, well, no man's ever going to want me. That's it. it. I'm fucking spinster for life.
1: Well, this was and that was a fun montage.
2: Oh, yeah. Montage of life at Longbourn. We get to see like what it's like just during the day. Kitty is Uh, fixing a bonnet and when there's no one there to steal it from her, (gasps) it's just not (gasps) as sweet. Yeah. Yeah. And then it ends with your favorite moment, Janine. Please tell us about it.
1: Well, at this moment, just this. Well, it ends with a a candle blow.
0: Yeah, Lizzie blows the candle. Oh, you're right. You're right. The night ends. She stares into one of her mirrors of self reflection. (laughs) (laughs)
1: Mm Mm-hmm. But the uh, the moment with uh, Mister Bennett in his den, reading a book, drinking sherry or port, wrapped in a uh, sitting blanket uh, with a roaring fire. That is my best fucking life.
2: He has a sweet jacket on, though, because Neil was like, nice jacket. You
0: know what? I like to imagine that he's wrapped up in a blanket and the blanket he he made for himself. When (laughs) when he learned to knit just so that he could crochet a blanket and then embroider on it, the words shut the fuck up so he could throw (laughs) it at his wife. So he learned to knit just to be petty and then was like, actually, I find this very soothing. So he makes himself blankets and like tea cozies all the time. Yeah, mm-hmm. but that's all shut them, my head the fuck up. All of them can. just say, shut the fuck up. It just, <laughs> just that's the, the blanket I out. need.
1: Yeah, but when you when you got to the tea cozies, it's just STF. Yep. STFU. STFU. Um, Ahead of time.
2: Candle blowout.
1: Oh <clears> yeah, I I, hi- I highly expected a ghost moment there. H-
2: yeah. End of the day, and yeah. then the next morning, who's running up the driveway at like five thirty a.m. Mrs. Phillips. Oh, we've got so much news. Sister, sister, we have news. Guess who's back? Bingley's back.
1: Who's, back again. Who's now uh, gotten the news? Yes, he's
2: back.
0: I can't
1: believe it. Tell a was... friend Bingley's back. You were with Eminem. Back. Bingley's back. That was
2: Bingley's good. Good. I was back.
0: thinking, everybody. yeah Yeah. rack your body no no i got it i got it so it's everybody yeah wear a bonnet yeah Yeah. everybody wear a bonnet that's tight (laughs) bingley's back back. all All
1: right. right Uh, and then in the crowdcast, he's gotten a new nickname, which I'm surprised we hadn't done. Bangley.
2: Bangley. Ooh, <laughs> Bangley. Yeah. Well, that leads to mine because I do have a note that's a song. Bangley's back in town. Bangley's back in town. That's good. So yeah. everybody's really excited. We know why he's back because he's he's coming back to propose to Jane. We know.
0: We know. Well, he doesn't know that. He's just back. He's convinced himself. Bingley has truly convinced himself that he's just back because he wants to hunt. And then... Shoot some birds. Oh, he suggests maybe we could pay a visit to Longbourn. I don't know. That might be fun. I don't know. And Darcy is like, hmm. That brings
2: the important point, too, is because not only is Bingley back, Darcy's with him.
0: Oh, I love this scene when, first of all, there's a great shot at the beginning of the scene where... Um, Uh, Mr. Bennett, Mrs. Bennett is yelling at Mr. Bennett that he has to go pay a call on Mr. Bingley so that Mr. Bingley will come pay a call to them so that he will see Jane. And there's a shot where there are like five Bennetts in the shot. Mrs. Bennett is in the super foreground and Mr. Bennett is in the far background. And then Kitty's there and Mary's there and maybe we see part of Jane. And it just looks like they're all trapped together, like the house is way too small. But Mr. Bennett is like, no, fuck you. I did that once already and it didn't work. Why would I do it again? He knows where we live. And then... And then he shows up and there's this gray, oh my God, Allison Seven is so good. She's running around and doesn't know what to do and she's pissed about Darcy and she's like physically tugging Jane around trying to decide whether or not she should change her dress or not. And Lizzie thinks it's all really funny until Kitty says Mr. Darcy is coming. And then both of the, Jane and Lizzie are just like staring like, fuck, oh fuck, holy shit. What the fuck? What are we gonna do? there is a tiny
2: little interstitial scene of the Lizzie and Jane hanging flowers to dry in the shed. I love that scene where Jane is like, he just came back to hunt. It's okay. You know, he's just here to kill some fucking grouse or whatever. I'm glad he's back. Maybe he'll come say hi to me. I don't know. I'm just happy he's back and he's okay. And Lizzie's like, you stupid bitch.
0: (laughs) Yeah, sure, Jane. Sure.
1: Sure. Totally.
2: Sure.
0: Mm. And then she goes, stop it, Lizzie. It's cute. And as Lizzie's home.
2: like, I
1: won't.
0: It's so <laughs> cute. They're so good together in this episode. Every Lizzie Jane scene in this episode is wonderful. It made it me really smile is. so hard.
1: They do such a great job. Mm-hmm. Yeah.
0: And then Bingley
2: drops by Longbourn, and Jane is freaked out. You know why? Why? Because she knows. She doesn't want to let herself know. But she knows. Deep down, what I, she knows. What yeah. I love
1: about, like, as everyone's freaking out, it's all happening in this room, and they're like, what do we fuck, what do we fuck, what do we fuck, and then, like, uh, Mrs. Bennet sits everybody down, she's like, be cool, 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 and then as the doors are opening in their houses, she sits down, and it's just like, you guys are fucking nuts right just a moment, and Bengley and Darcy walk in, and they're just like, oh, yeah, so this is how we sit.
0: <laughs> it is very, <laughs> like, we kick and punch and fight, and then we kick, and then we punch and fight, and then we kick and punch and fight.
1: <laughs> I'm doing my needlework very calmly. I'm (laughs) chill. We're chill. You're chill. Colin Firth
0: has a world class eye roll in this scene. And I love it so much because it's like, it's not like Darcy's a completely different person now he just cannot fucking stand her. (laughs) And rightly so. Cause she's like, well, he deserves better than he gets from some people. You piece of shit. And he just, his eyes go all the way in the back of his head and you can watch him bite his tongue. And then he just goes and looks out the window for a while. Oh, it's good
1: for her shade that she's thrown at him after all the work he just did. I know. And Lizzie
0: is mortified. I mean, Jane (laughs) and Lizzie are both mortified. So but Lizzie obviously is especially mortified. Well, Jane can't be
2: waste too much mental energy on being mortified because she is already too fucking
0: freak yeah, she's like freaked out. Like freaked out, but also <sighs> glowing. Oh, yeah. So they can't stop staring at each other, whereas Darcy and Lizzie are like deliberately not looking at each other unless one of them turns around and then they're like, Whoo. and then, oh, no, no, I gotta God. look away.
1: The, ele- the electric shock of the sexual tension. Oh, when they, yeah, when they it's so hot. Eyes. Talk about thwop. Good God. <laughs> Like, <laughs> that, now that I know how to use that word correctly, like, they are just like fucking, they are I fucking.
2: So Bingley's happy to be back in the countryside. Fuck. He's like, maybe we
0: can see each other again. Oh, I and love the way like, he delivers that yeah. line when he's like, um, it's unclear how long our stay will be, but I hope we will stay for a while, a very great while at the very least. <laughs> just a week, two weeks, I don't know. Long and her. he's just looking at forever Jane, like, and ever.
2: Chill. And then Darcy and Bingley ride away on their horses. They both look good on a horse, but we know. We know. Um, Darcy tells Bingley, so Darcy is having to leave to go do something else. He's leaving Darcy Bingley's house, and he's like, "Oh yeah, I forgot to tell you about the shit I did to you in London when I didn't tell you Jane was there." And Bingley's like, "You motherfucker." Why would you do that to me? And Darcy's like, I don't know. I was an asshole. It's my bad. Sorry. (laughs) And Bingley's like, so you admit that you were an asshole? And Darcy's like, yes, completely and utterly
0: an asshole. It's, y'all, there are few things hotter than a man sincerely apologizing. Like, it's such a rare thing. That a dude will just be a fucking grown-up. That every time, I'm like, oh, good God. You know what? This is... I hope his headphones are on. I don't want him to have a big ego. This is one of my very favorite things about Tom, is that Tom has zero pride when it comes to admitting that he was wrong. Like Tom will just, Tom really likes to be right, but if he is wrong, he uh, there's no fake ass apology. It's never like, I'm sorry you felt that way. He apologizes very sincerely. And it, ju- it always means so much to me. And here, it has the added bonus of coming from somebody who's just so hot. In fact, he's so hot in this scene that part of me is just like, kiss, even though I want them to both end up with other people, right? <laughs> but wouldn't it be hot if they kissed oh, oh, my God. But when you can tell that Bingley is just like, no, 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 really. You, you're sorry. Okay, because I'm not going to be able to be mad. Because when are you ever wrong? Like, are you sure you don't want to pretend that you weren't wrong for a while, so I can be mad at you. No, okay, then cool. And then Darcy gets in his barouche box and rides no, away. No, no, and no. The- because first she, D- Bingley says, "Oh, so you approve?" Blessings. And he says, "Do you need my approval?" Um, and he says, "Well, no, but I'd like to have it." And he says, "Very well, then go get on with it." Is and it he looks he says, so happy. Oh, ah! Uh, he's he like, "Go get take- your girl."
1: He finally yeah. gets to take the treat off his nose. He's so excited about it.
0: Yes. <laughs> Quick, ma-
2: my horse. Exactly. Quick, Darcy man. gets in the barouche box and drives away, and Bingley's like, bring me my horse, because he immediately has to go propose <laughs> oh, to Jane. It's so sweet. And what makes it so fucking hilarious is that we realize that this is like 5.30 a.m. Yeah, he shows up, and they're all still in their PJ Because they're all still in their pajamas. It was not expected visit. Everybody's freaking out. Mrs. Bennett is running around with the little fucking newspaper curlers in her hair. And this like, is when she says, hang, kitty,
1: What does she have to
0: do with it? And Kitty goes, and runs Um, away (laughs) because her mother wants to hang her. My note actually is just poor Kitty. Poor Kitty. Kitty. Not Mary. Mary's an asshole in this scene. Mary Mary has
2: enough of a spine to put up with it. Kitty, I don't know.
0: I think it hurt. Kitty, Kitty. Kitty's got a rough go in this episode because they are all running around. First of all, doesn't matter. Kitty's not good company. Uh, also, Kitty's a piece of shit. Also, like, <laughs> Kitty may as well be dead. This is what she gets in the first scene. Then, Mary refuses to go see Bingley at all. So, that, I guess, is a mark in Kitty's favor. Kitty gets one thing that goes right for her that day. There's no Mary. Uh, and then we cut after J- poor Jane is all freaked out and Lizzie is all bemused. We cut to like, bam, they're sitting in the parlor and everybody is weirdly silent. And yes. Kitty is just watching her mom, while Mrs. Bennett is just like, wink, 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 and bless her heart, when she, fucking Kitty, when she's like, why are you winking at me? (laughs) You know what? Be honest. There are no stupid questions. I think the single best line delivery in this whole episode, which is really saying something because we haven't even gotten to the Shades of Pemberley yet, but I really think the best line delivery in this entire episode is after Kitty and I think Mary is actually there, I'm wrong, and Mary and Mrs. Bennett leave, there's like awkward pause of maybe 20 seconds, and then you hear sort of footsteps in the hallway, and one of the servants comes in, and she so obviously realizes that what she's been asked to do is bullshit that there's like no hiding it at all she goes, um, Miss Lizzie, your mother wants you up. You're needed upstairs.
2: And then, and then she just slowly Kurtzies. backs out of the room. <laughs> there Kurtzies is a like moment those. before Ooh. that that is so righteous, though. Hit me, where it's it's just Bingley, Jane, and Lizzie, right? And Lizzie realizes she's still in the room because she knows her sister jane would probably like her to stay there mm-hmm. and she calmly reaches over and picks up her needle point and then does a full 90 degree turn away <laughs> from them like this <laughs> like, that shit is so baller like that please get on with it i'm here if you need me yeah like and then she gets called upstairs because her mom's an idiot yeah and lizzie's upstairs going mom please let me go back down there
0: i know jane would want me to be there. Jane is going to be so embarrassed that you're trying to manipulate the situation like this because Lizzie doesn't Bennett, realize what he's come to do. Five more minutes, five yeah. more minutes, will do it. Oh, God, what a turd. But you know what? In she her right. defense, she's right. She's right. She oh, right. Um, Susanna Harker, is that her name? I'm going to pull it up. I never remember. Mrs. Bennett, Alison yeah. Steadman. No, um, Jane. I think it's oh, Susanna sorry. Harker. Um, is so wonderful in the scene after Bingley runs out. There's another bit that I am really bummed isn't included in this episode. Um, And it's, there's a scene where Jane, or sorry, where Lizzie and Bingley are alone together. um, And they both acknowledge what happened and talk about how excited they are to be brother and sister and like, Mm-hmm. kiss each other's cheeks and everything and it makes me so happy um, but uh, Susanna Harker if that's her name looking it up so right Lizzie now, waits is the prescribed so five minutes scene. runs oh.
2: downstairs throws herself into the parlor it's a little bit of an awkward moment because she came in when they were lovey-dovey holding hands holding hands but then everybody's happy about it and Mr. Bingley leaves the room to go talk to Mr. Bennett yes Susanna Harker is her name she's so fucking good in this scene and then Lizzie and and uh, Jane have the great moment they're just so good together about oh god thank god oh uh. and then as they're leaving mr bennett tells mr bingley you can come back tomorrow if you can bear to um
0: and that made me laugh so really hard. quick the jane has a line that it just it breaks my heart every time because how is this a, a person this genuine and loving even possible when she says that a big part of her happiness is knowing that she's going to be bringing such pleasure to all my dear family and her family mostly sucks and she is (laughs) so happy that she is that by marrying someone she loves she is going to Ease this burden on all of them. It's so wonderful. Like, what a marvelous, wonderful character, and what a great scene for that character. Costuming note. Sometimes one
2: accessory is really all you need. And that coral necklace that Jane is wearing. Yes. It's so understated, but so beautiful. And it's like a pop, and it's really accentuating her, like, uh, shoulder blades and her chest, which is definitely an asset for this actress. It's just so beautiful. It's like, hi, yes, this is me.
1: She was very statuesque, and yeah, you the, look the at my necklace, beautiful like. coral necklace. Well, and then Let's they're they're
0: all blushing, and Jane gets progressively pinker and pinker, like she's yep. approaching the color <laughs> of the coral. Oh, yep, it's, it's so it's good. good. I it just makes me so happy. And my then other- you're right, Mister Bennett is like. Come back if you can bring yourself to. And he's like, are you kidding? I live here. No, I'm never. I'm just going home to change my clothes. I'll be back.
1: I will see you tomorrow. I will see you tomorrow. I have to ride. Let's go hunt
2: some birds on my property. Yeah. And Bingley has uh, also a very sweet tweed coat Mm -hmm. that he is wearing. That's another costume note, that brown tweed. Uh, Anyway, it's great. Um, Then dad starts making jokes about how good Mr. Bingley is. He's so good that, you're both so good that you're both so kind that you're so generous you're so good and he's just working on bits and you know what
0: I was, can feel that.
1: I mean, he had a rough he, go with the Wickham thing. He needs he a couple of bits. He is. Yeah. He, yeah.
0: First, I mean, he's basically saying like you two golden retrievers are just going to be adorable. You're going to be so sweet that just everybody is going to take advantage of you. And i I love that look for you. And, and, and then fine. Mrs. Bennett, because she's never actually heard a joke in her entire life. It's like, no, didn't you hear? He's rich. <laughs> oh my God. But my favorite Mr. Bennett joke in this scene is when he says, um, you know, Jane, I, Jane, I think I shall quite like your husband. And, um, you know, I'm not sure he's going to be a Mr. Wickham level, but he might be a Mr. Collins. <laughs> like, I
2: might I might
0: like him the best of all my son-in-laws. Maybe mm-hmm. it's going to be close. It's. I mean, I don't know if you know this, but my daughters have married some... My daughters and friends have married some some really great people. Yeah. Yeah, it's good. It's good. This very so nice person. It's is too bad that you don't have taste like Lydia, you know? <laughs>
1: <laughs>
2: he is kind of a dick sometimes yeah and then now that's a barouche box
1: yeah oh yeah oh boy
2: you guys get ready
1: that Cracker fucking knuckles, thing that thing is bedazzled. it is bedazzled, oh. is what it is like God, just Jean, blinging up the road
0: I've been waiting for you to see this scene it's so good <laughs> Lady Catherine de Bourgh shows up
2: at Longbourn. Now, Allison, we talked about this briefly, and mm-hmm. take two days, right? Oh yeah, two days. So two days ago, she heard something that put her out, and she got in a barouche box and wanted to go do something about it. And that something is driving to Longbourn and humiliating Elizabeth
0: Bennet. And specifically, what she heard is it. The the word has begun to spread specifically through Mr. Collins. Basically, okay, like it's like this Meriton, you've already seen nobody will shut the fuck up about each other. So all of the people in Meriton are like, Ooh, did you hear about Kim? Did he really get pinned About, uh, (laughs) about Jane and Bingley? And then they're like, Oh, well, Mr. Darcy's here too. Do you think he's gonna get engaged to Elizabeth? Ooh, wouldn't she be lucky? No, that couldn't possibly happen. And so through Mariah or Mr. Lucas or somebody, word gets to Charlotte. That this is happening. He, she's already heard from Mr. Collins. Lady Catherine has already heard from Mr. Collins that Lydia is a big, dirty tramp. Right, like she's yep. already heard that. Then she hears from Charlotte that Jane is marrying Bingley, and that the rumor is that Darcy wants to marry Lizzie because nobody but the two of them and Jane knows about the engaged the first proposal. So It's just a rumor that maybe he's going to propose to her, which he probably would not have done right without all of this happening. She brings about her own fucking unhappy ending here. And Lady Catherine is so put out by the idea, just the mere rumor,
2: just the whisper that she has
0: to come to Longbourn to just yell at Lizzie about how she cannot possibly marry Darcy. She doesn't go to Darcy, because it's her allurements. Your allurements. Oh, I had that written down. A-L-L-Y-O-O-O-O-O-R. Your <laughs> and allurements. allurements, which means you <laughs> basically, like, showed him a flash of nipples, is what she's saying. That it's she's your like, fucking titties. Uh, There's fucking elevenses. Your allurements. Your lo- allurements. You tempted him, you Wastrel, you <laughs> slattern, you tempted you trollop. Him. It, I, it runs in the family. Those Bennett girls—they just give it away.
2: Yes, it really is that. It's like, just boil it down to her showing up to say, "You can't marry him. You're a slut."
0: And your fa- your garbage, and your family's garbage.
2: Your family's garbage. Your garbage.
1: What I was surprised by by the scene is just like I didn't realize I was going to see a fight scene, like a real <sighs> like really well-orchestrated duel between two people who, uh, one who's just like fucking furious. The other person is like, what the fuck's going on? Riposte, thrust, riposte, thrust. Like, I don't know, <laughs> fuck, but I'm really good at this. Why are you fucking coming at me, bro? Back off. Well, and it's... It was good.
0: It's a little it's bit so like, if I could extend your metaphor a bit. Sure. Lady Catherine is fighting. Lizzie is fucking batting shit away, right? Like, Mm -hmm. her position isn't fuck you. Her position is that's none of your goddamn business in the first place, and in the second place, I don't know what you're talking about. (laughs) Like, you're nuts... And it's none of your business. My uh, Jennifer Ely is so good. They're both so good in the scene. But yeah. I think my favorite line delivery of her is when she says, why I would care about the opinion of anyone so wholly unconnected with me. Oh like, God, you're not so in my good. family. You're not one of my neighbors. I just stayed at your fucking pastor's house one time. You don't know me. You don't know my life. You don't know my family. It's my business and your nephew's business. So if... If he is engaged to your daughter, why would you be worried he was going to propose to me? And the entire time she doesn't reveal that Darcy already proposed, right? Yeah. She's just right. like, shut the fuck up, shut the fuck up, shut the fuck up. And the only time that she answers a question with anything other than it's none of your business is to say, no, I am not engaged to him.
1: Yeah. Mm-hmm.
0: And that's what does her in because she pries and medals and then goes running to Darcy to tell him what an asshole Lizzie is. Only the story she tells is, "Hey, the woman you love refused to promise that she wouldn't marry you." <laughs> Darcy. And then Darcy's like, "What? I'm sorry. If you, can you say that again? Uh, like, wait, what? Wait, if huh? you'll you will excuse me, go back. I'll be right back."
1: I gotta go. I gotta go do something. I, wait, uh, hold on.
0: I just realized I left. I. I I left I think the oven ch- I left the oven on. I got. Yeah. I, I gotta go. Yeah, I gotta. Uh, I heard. I, gotta
1: check that out. I
0: heard. There's a. There's a sale at Kohl's. I gotta.
2: I, <laughs> <laughs> no, he did the Bingley thing where he was like, "What? I'm sorry. What? Hmm? Um, excuse me, just one second. My horse <laughs> immediately. God. Like, why
0: didn't I pack the green jacket? <laughs> fuck. <laughs> fuck. Fuck. But. Lizzie fucking holds her own, and yes. it's and Lizzie doesn't know what to make of it, right? And she thinks mm-hmm. that probably she's made it worse because she, the in her mind, Darcy is still so concerned about his reputation that Lady Catherine is going to be like, "You can't marry that garbage," and he's going to go, "I guess you're right, you're right?" She's right? like, she's trying to convince herself that that's true, and then the letter shows up, right? Then we get a letter from Wait, Mr. Collins. Before we
2: get to the letter. I would be remiss if I did not mention Lady Catherine's costume. Oh, it's so good. Which is fucking resplendent, incredible, and that muff. That That big ermine muff with the hangy, offy things. Julie, you missed it. Janine
0: did not know what a muff was. So Janine just learned about a muff
1: today. And uh, because all I saw was, I thought she was carrying a dead animal. I was like, well, she was. She was. Yeah, and that's very literal. It was a dead animal yeah. that
2: was skinned and stitched so that women could keep their hands warm. Well, well and, then, and then she's also got fur in her collar.
1: Yeah, I mean, well, then the the drunk slack once that everyone said it's a muff, and then. The muff jokes just came. Rolling oh,
0: in. I bet there were some high quality muff some jokes. High
1: quality. I believe keep, our fans. You gotta have one, in them. one warm hand.
0: Um, for that. I no. wanna, I wanna hit <laughs> before we move on as well a couple of the very best Lady Catherine lines because there are some really good ones. Do you think this is
2: the first documented version of "Do you know who
0: I am"? <laughs> um, no, I mean I think did Shakespeare do that? Sure. I mean Macbeth. There's got to be a "Do you know who I am" in Shakespeare, right? Oh, sure. All of all of Macbeth a lot Basically, of Macbeth. Yeah, you're right. Macbeth you're right you're um, right about, yeah. and like um Midsummer, right Titania um mm-hmm. and Oberon and but Lady Catherine definitely does that yes. literal do you know who I am um she <laughs> first of all we get yet more proof that Lady Catherine has decided that windows are truly the most important sign of affluence she would love the big house um She'd be so impressed. She, da, Mister Darcy, could for sure marry Claire. Um, she'd be fine with that because so many windows. But when she goes, this must be a. Ter- You've got a very small park, and this must be a terrible sitting room in the evening. Why the windows are full west? Too much sunlight oh, for that vampire. Too full west. I love that. So, so window shade. <laughs> um, <laughs> And then, um, fucking, are the shades of Pemberley to be thus polluted. And also, obstinate headstrong girl, which is one of the great lines from this book, I think. (laughs) Obstinate headstrong girl, your arts and
2: allurements. I wrote, your arts and allurements. Do you know who I am?
0: This scene is so good. Duh. And then... I am most seriously Dis- displeased. Oh, also the revelation that the entire time she was in the house and then also having this shouting match with Lizzie in like the cemetery or wherever the fuck they are. Yeah. The whole time her daughter was just waiting in the carriage, which yeah, means she also traveled two days to just sit there and do nothing.
1: Yeah, could you imagine being like, hey, uh, hey mom, where are we going? Okay, mom, can I stretch my legs you, when we get there?
0: Just, my show <laughs> is on tonight. I just, I just there's Mom, a new I don't SVU. So the new call. SVU. Oh my can God! You, the mask singer is on. What can are you, you doing? Just, what,
1: can you, what, can just, you wear a mask while you yell at her?
0: please? <laughs> just
2: I say. just want to lay down. Yeah. Like it's really clear that it looks like she should just lay down. Yeah. You know? no. Anyway. Yeah. Um. Whew. Then Lizzie <laughs> dispenses with Lady Catherine, who is just so incensed she can't help it, and gets right back into her barouche
0: box to travel another two days to get back home. I send (laughs) no compliments to your mother. You are worthy of no such honor, or whatever the fuck she says. I send no compliments to your
2: mother! So she shits all over Longbourn on her deuces and leaves. Bye,
0: bitch. Don't let the door hit you on the way out. See ya. Lizzie obviously is shaken
2: up. Oh my god, what is this crazy What What is happening? But then in her mind, she's like, Does Darcy, does Darcy really want to marry me? Whatever, whatever. Can't think about it. Can't think about Kamala Harris being vice president right now. I've got too many other things to think
1: about. (laughs) Yes.
2: And then she goes inside and dad is like, Lizzie, Lizzie, get
0: in here. Come in the drawing room. Oh my God. I mean, this is later. from Collins. It's later because Lady Catherine goes home, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So Lady Catherine goes home and is mad. And that's why Mr. Collins sends a letter. Yeah. Which... Mr. Collins, in perfect Mr. Collins fashion, he's trying to make it seem like he's doing Mr. Bennett a favor. And instead he's like, listen, man, you're screwing this up for me. Rosings is my whole deal. She's so mad. Um, There's a rumor, like, first of all, it's pretty weird that Jane is marrying so well. But good for you, I guess. (laughs) Um, But if you could just tell Lizzie that she for sure should not marry Mr. Darcy, because otherwise Lady Catherine's going to burn my house down. (laughs) <laughs> like
2: Neil was like I think Neil thought that maybe Mr. Collins was trying to sneakily be helpful. No. 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 The opposite. But he's just being
0: ad- I mean it, it ended Collins. up inadvertently being helpful. Yeah. Um, because, he's, but he's
1: very literally yeah, no. just going, like, listen, don't fuck don't, with my rules. Don't will.
0: F- don't screw yeah. this up for me, man.
1: Yeah, yeah. I got a good deal.
0: And like but what what we, I love we about all know Liz- that Lizzie is a piece of garbage. So this is never gonna happen.
2: Mr. Bennett's attitude in the scene where he reads this letter to Lizzie is so awesome, though. Because he's like, oh, this is fucking hilarious. Why
0: are you laughing? Well, and that's (laughs) why I think... And he could never know. Like, he ultimately ends up thinking this is really funny because it all ends well. But he has no idea that every time he's like, he never looked at you in his life that he's just hurting her. Right. Like she's, so she's like, Oh yeah, it's hilarious. It's really hilarious that he's writing to you to tell you that I should not marry this guy and that you think that's so funny and it could never happen. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, I'm great, excessively dad. diverted, but it's so strange. But uh, also, her dad thinks she really hates that guy. She does. Yeah, I mean, he yeah. doesn't realize he would have yeah. no reason to understand that he was hurting her feelings. Mm-hmm. But man, I feel—I always feel a little bit bad for Lizzie in this scene because she just has to pretend like it's not like oh, every time he says something like that.
2: And then I, my next note is, let's walk to Meriton. Does that mean that Bingley showed up with Darcy? Because yes. it, it kind of feels a little rushed here where all of a sudden they're all outside. And Kitty was with Lizzie and Darcy. And Kitty's like, mm, I'm going to go make a new bonnet. And then just leaves. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so that Lizzie and Darcy get to be together for...
0: Well, she goes to see scene. Mariah. She doesn't realize that she's the hanger on. She really yeah. does right. go see she's the, she goes to see Lucy. Oh, yeah, Lucy that's Davis. right. She's
2: like, "Oh, we're right here. I can just go down the uh, Okay, bye. I'm going to go see her." And that's then right.
0: it's like and they're just silent for a while. Just There's a thing solid, I've never pause. understood, like solid, I I do not understand so why it happens the beginning of this conversation when lizzie is finally like listen i know i shouldn't say this but i just have to say thank you because you saved my whole life and i know it's going to make you mad but like my aunt told me and she didn't want to you can't be mad at my aunt it's lydia's fault and also like i just wanted to know and please thank you so much for saving my sister and thank you so much for helping my family and it's this very intimate conversation between these two people and they're both like they're so fragile and they love each other so much and there's just a random guy holding on to a horse in the background why <laughs> why <laughs> like for the whole first half of that scene he's like maybe six feet away maybe and it's just, his backs to the camera and he's just like hanging out with a horse why why is that there it's not like i mean he's in a costume so it was
2: planned Maybe it's just supposed to show us that Darcy has so much money. Oh, it's a, but it's not Darcy's somebody horse. whose heart, horses. Whose horse? I don't know. Well, the Lucas's, maybe.
1: It's a, maybe a comment on the uh, the structural organization of that of that society, and <laughs> that these are all landed gentry who are able to just walk through the world and ignore whomever they want. <laughs> yeah, because that person doesn't <laughs> you matter. You
0: know what? Fair. Fair. Yep. Fair.
1: So. <laughs> Like, I feel like you know maybe not that intentional, but that's also what's happening here. They're mm-hmm. all like fucking rich people just ignoring the, the, anyone who's doing a job.
2: Was this bonnet? Was Lizzie's bonnet the same one she met Georgiana in with the sea foam?
0: Maybe because the it's color that beautiful is so silk beautiful with, against right. her skin. Wasn't mm-hmm. she,
1: was she wearing her her um her? Yellow? I don't know if
2: it was the saffron Spencer or not, but I definitely know if it was the same Spencer, but I do know that the bonnet
0: reminded me of the one she wore when she met Miss Darcy. It's What it made me think of is it's very wedding colors. It's like that pale, pale green that you see um, in a lot of like romantic designs. It's this beautiful Mm -hmm. soft petal green. And it just looks so beautiful against her skin. They both look great. And they're just, this is the scene where I was like, oh, they're incandescent with happiness. That's what I felt like yesterday. (laughs) Like they're just both of them. After he says, I have to ask you again. If you don't, my feelings will not be repressed. I, my sentiments are unchanged. And if you don't want to marry me, you have to tell me and put me out of my misery. I know that maybe you don't want to hear it again, but man, just please put me out of my misery. And she's like, well, my feelings are very different now. And then they just sort of stare straight ahead. Yes. Yeah. (laughs) There's that long shot of her
2: where she goes through the entire gamut of that, like, well, I feel very deadly, and I'm sorry, it But it's just her face. They are I love quite that. Quite
0: the opposite. And she smiles yeah. at him and you can see her watching him react. And the shot of Colin Firth, slowly the most beautiful tiny, tiny little smile blooming on his face. Oh. It's so mm-hmm. romantic. They are so happy. <laughs> oh, they're so and happy. And then Lizzie is engaged, to, engaged. to Pemberley.
1: <laughs> and you know the the uh, ease that they both have once they kind of got that out of the way it was nice like all of a sudden he was just like i'm so like i never would have thought you would but like, i was a dick and she was like you weren't that big of a dick but you were a dick he's like yeah i was a big fucking dick like like it was suddenly very relaxed and chill and
0: like, you have you know. no idea how those words have haunted me yeah. they talk about lady catherine oh
1: It was good. It's Mm -hmm. so
0: good. And then we see Lizzie telling Jane, and she's like, shut the fuck up. She's like, is that
1: cool? Do you want to get married to him?
2: You hate him. It's (laughs) in the nighttime, let's get in our jammies and sister dish, and they have like, dueling mirrors where you see Jane in one and then the other and Lizzie in the other. Like, the way the shot is set up, it's you see beautiful. them both in
0: mirrors. It's so pretty. Also, this is the best Jennifer Ely's hair looks in the entire series. It's really splendid. Like, like it's that curls pouring down her back. It's so beautiful.
1: So, my what I imagine with that scene and that shot was that that, is, that took them eight hours. They did that one shot, which is why her hair was so, looking so good because hair and makeup was just like, motherfucker, like, are we going to do do this and they were like we have two mirrors two mirrors and some movement let us have this <laughs> and had it was very shot. effective though <laughs> they did a great job
2: definitely like all the ladies getting together to dish and it's just the two of them but it makes it feel like a bigger more expansive affair i think yeah and jane says i don't know how this can be you told me you hated this guy's ass do you really love him yes i do jane when did that love start well i gotta be honest is when I saw Pemberley.
0: <laughs> and they both <laughs> giggle. And she's like, "Lizzie, you card." And Lizzie's like, "No, you don't no, understand. Really, no. You haven't huge. seen this house. There's so many windows. No, really, there are so many windows." And I
2: do love that she fucking admits it. Like, obviously, she loves him for the person he is, but she's able to make this joke because she's like, uh, uh, "I don't know if you know how rich he is, but we're good. We're good forever."
0: Yeah. <laughs> oh. I just, it's so good. And then we see the, we've already talked a little bit about the Lizzie and Mr. Bennett scene, but that moment, this is why the Mr. Mr. Bennett is so good in this episode, this moment when he says, let me not have the grief of seeing you unable to respect your partner in life. And it's so self-aware and sad. sad. Oh. And then he gives her
2: the blessing kiss on her forehead and you can see that he's sad that he's not going to have her around anymore because she was really she got all his jokes
0: and he, she says he says if he, she, he if he's really as wonderful as you say then he deserves you and it's so nice mm-hmm.
2: and then they get married and then there's a wedding
0: scene but it's both
1: it's a double weddings. whammy what a surprising
0: it's a that's end. a super common like joint wedding is very common in Shakespeare and in lots of mm-hmm. like if it's a comedy everybody gets married at the end right? But it didn't
2: happen in the book that way, right?
0: No, I think they get married together.
1: I'm into it in the I, book.
2: I, I don't I think
1: there was, there were a few things about that wedding that I really dug. One. Doing it at the same time. Hey, we both love, we got these two couples. They love each other. Let's fucking make this happen. They we're look gonna get so good. All four of them then, look so good. And then the second thing, fucking wedding in winter. Hell yeah, love bro. It. Yeah,
2: it was a wedding. It was a winter. Like everybody yeah. was wearing corduroy. I don't know if you noticed that a lot of the costumes were heavier fabrics, yeah. and that was really cool. Listen, and then-
1: like fuck those like summer weddings. Like do a winter wedding. Like we can wear suits and what? like because
2: they cannot wait. They simply must bone.
1: Listen, that's what most weddings are about. In my,
0: <laughs> it's just it's so good and there's this um it might be that the sickest burn of all was the editor of this episode like that might be our sickest burn because as the the minister is going through his wedding speech he's like marriage should be about a sacred trust and it's partially about having kids and it's Um, It shouldn't be because of lust. And basically every character gets a little line. So it shouldn't be entered into lightly. And you get a shot of Mr. and Mrs. Bennett, which is of course what Mr. Bennett did, entered into his marriage incredibly lightly, right? Then eventually you get for the production of children and it's Lady Catherine sitting at home. At this point I wrote down, suffer, bitch. Um, (laughs) (laughs) Lady Catherine sitting, sitting at home with her daughter who's just like runny nose in it. And they're just miserable, not at the wedding. And you see it shouldn't be because of lust and you see Lydia and Wickham are not there and Lydia's like poking Wickham with her bare toe and he looks so unhappy and again, suffer bitch. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and There's a nice line and you see Mr. and Mrs. Gardner together because they're actually well suited and I think it sort of implies that there's hope for Kitty, which the book also implies Um And it's just You also get to see Caroline Bingley stank. Yeah, again, suffer, bitch. Yeah. Eat it. Suck it up. Eat it. The book does a really good job of showing that Caroline is immediately like, Miss Bennett, uh, I I beg your pardon. Mrs. Darcy, you are just the most delightful human because she doesn't want to never be invited to Pemberley again. (laughs) Blow me. Fuck you, bitch. But of course, Lizzie is the bigger person and she's mr bingley's sister so like of course she's gonna tolerate her but
2: i do have one costume note ooh. on the wedding scene and this one goes out to Jinlander drunklin this was the first time i noticed the seams on the men's pants yep because you get that shot of all of them basically from the thighs up and i gotta say bingley is fucking packing hell
1: yeah it was <laughs> yeah it is it is obvious
2: like i looked at it and i was like ooh, Hello. ooh, jane listen <laughs> jane tonight might be rough Uh, But your future looks great.
1: There's a reason he's called uh, Bangley. Bangley. Bangley and Bangley. He's fucking packing. He's fucking...
2: And then we have the fun shot of both couples going to get in their coaches to go on their honeymoon or go home or whatever. And we get the moment right before (laughs) Darcy and Elizabeth kiss for the first time. And I looked at Neil and I was like, I can't wait to destroy you.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I feel like... (laughs) If we're guessing what their sex lives are going to be, my guess would be that Jane and Bingley are going to gradually learn to be very generous lovers to each other. Right. Mm-hmm. But it's going to take some time because they're going to yeah. be shy and they just don't want to hurt each other inconvenience each other. On the other hand, Lizzie and Darcy are just going to destroy each other.
2: (laughs) Maybe sometimes you get in a fight and you're screaming at each other, and then all of a sudden you're fucking and you don't know why, but it's amazing. There's definitely, they're doing
0: some atonement library boning. Like, there's definitely (laughs) some, like, clear a table, get your butt up I want you on the piano forte where you turned pages, and then it's just like, clink, clink, clunk, clink. Did you see Janine's eyes just there? (laughs)
2: Janine, I'm gonna give you a a little note here, and I don't know if in our time with us you've learned this, but ladies are horny.
1: (laughs) You know, I think there are there if there's a list of ten things, it's like fucking right up top. I get that. Yeah, yeah. Women
0: like to fuck. You know what, Janine, you should not a secret. The next time that you're like, I need to get, I need to put a movie on, and I'm in the mood for something that's like gonna sweep me away. Atonement.
1: I love that movie. You've seen it. Oh yeah, fuck yeah. That's,
0: if any, if you are daring, daring to write a list of the hottest sex scenes in cinema history, that scene in the library gotta be right near the top. That green, Julie, have you seen that movie? No. Oh my God, Julie, she's wearing this beautiful emerald green gown and he fucks her against a giant wall of books. It is, (laughs) it is so hot. I wish I had my fans. And it's, like, oh and my it's juxtaposed
1: God. with uh, them writing letters to each other oh. and like talking filthy in these letters. It's so. It's so good. hot. All yeah,
0: right, I yeah. must anyway, tone for definitely not the it. library at Pemberley. She is definitely getting a deep. Are you kidding in that me? Library there are so many times when she just scatters a few books on the floor opens one up and starts reading and just let him take you know you know what i want i want them to go i want him to be like everybody gets the day off for today and he sends all of the servants home like and then they just fuck there's there's like a charcuterie board that they left out so that they'll have something (laughs) nice to eat they've got some wine they make sure that they only have the lamps on in the rooms they really want to then they go up to that big beautiful hallway where she saw the portrait and he pushes her against the wall so that she can look at the portrait while he fucks her against the wall.
2: Yes. And he looks out the or window over his land. she lens. pushes him
0: against the wall so she can suck his dick while he looks at his own portrait. No, 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 no. no. Like, would he no. even be able to deal Julie, with it? Julie, got, it's, it's gotta be the other way. It can be that she's sucking his dick while she's looking at the portrait, but he has to look out over all he surveys. <gasps> out a window and then and then they button. switch right and then they oh. switch and she turns around and she's looking out the window and she's got her hands against the window frame and he just like goes underneath her dress just like yes nom 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 <laughs> underneath her dress <laughs> while she looks out oh the my window. god i love this story for and them. meanwhile jane and and bingley are just politely like tenderly kissing each other and humping and eventually they'll get there but no lizzie and darcy filthy Filthy, filthy, stable, trout stream, everywhere. Yes, I can just—I
1: can already hear the comments. of uh, People ch- crying for our fanfic to exist more. Well, so maybe here. the next
0: time, maybe someday when we can all do a live show again, we'll do some I, fucking I Lizzie Darcy it. fanfic live.
1: Because apparently, this is going to be filthy fanfic. Oh,
0: oh, I boy. could go on. I could go. Oh, on. I could oh, go man. on. Butcher's block, yes. Attics, <laughs> attics, mm-hmm. up in the attics. So, on the hearth in the great living room yes. while there's a servant
2: in the corner that you tell him to stay? Entrance hall, the grand staircase, Maybe. like straight at
0: the end of A History of Violence. On the front porch, in the driveway? In the driveway. You've said on the fountain? Reflecting In the pool. barouche box? Refle- oh my yes, God. Yes, yes, in the barouche box. <laughs> reflecting pool, in the reflecting pool. Yes. James, take us for a ride. Don't wait, wait, wait. worry We've about it. we seen that bathtub. Bathtub.
1: Mm-hmm. So what about our scales? Are we there today? <laughs> oh, <yet>? yes.
0: <laughs> Sorry. I got distracted. Woo! Okay. All right. So let's start. We're, we'll change up the order a little bit because obviously our minds are in one direction anyway. So yep. starting with the hand flex scale, which I've realized that we aren't actually doing scales. We're just doing categories. Maybe eventually we'll go to scales. But for now, we're just doing categories. So That's what fine. is your hottest moment? How hot is this episode overall? And what is your hottest moment? Your hand flex moment. I think my hand flex moment is. Uh,
2: it's either when he when Darcy shows up at Longbourn with Bingley for the first time and he and Elizabeth look at each other for the first time. But that one's kind of that's very subtle because they're both trying to keep it below decks. Mm-hmm. Right. They're, they're really trying to not fucking let it out there. Maybe it's when. Maybe it's when he repeats the proposal and she says,
0: okay, and then he smiles. It's that for me, it's that smile. And there's a swell in the music there, too. Mm. Like, it's a teeny tiny smile because Regency. But you can see they're both like, thank fucking God. (laughs) Oh, Mm -hmm. my God. I have been so worried about this for so long. We are going to have (laughs) the best goddamn marriage. This is going to be so hot. And also, my sister's gonna be really happy. And also, my family's not gonna be homeless. But mostly, oh, I'm gonna I can't wait to bone you. Yeah. I cannot wait to yeah. bone you. And yeah. love you. And it
2: really is also. It's but really, right now, in this moment, by this tree, in this field, like seriously, like fucking P and V. Like, 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 like let's, let's get dressed. Let's to do, it. do this. Okay. Yes. Yeah. yeah. So that's um, probably mine is
0: this. Would you like to marry me? How's uh, five minutes? <laughs> 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 How long is it gonna take you to get dressed? I'll go find a priest. Yeah. Let's just do this. Oh. Okay, so that's mine. Um, mine is mine is also that. Janine, do you have one?
1: I, I actually, so I will offer a scale-like answer. Great. Um, because to me, it's actually a little hard to pick one moment. I think that moment is, I'd agree. Um, but my scale-like answer is uh, the sound uh, hands make when they're ringing a baseball bat and they're wearing gloves. That kind of like... <laughs> Hard hand flex. There's so much <laughs> sexual tension inside of this fucking episode. Yeah, everywhere, and it's just like it's just that sound to me of like wet leather, like just ready to get at it. Yeah, is what this So the sound
2: like. of choking up, yep. or the sound of thwop. because well, those could both be applied to. I think it's leather that, it's sounds.
1: That, it's kind of both, isn't it? Mm-hmm. Right, right, you're getting ready to choke yep. up for thwap. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Ooh. Okay. Yeah. Um, now let's do our Aspen factor. What is your What is your most priceless piece of shade? Lots of options in this episode. Well, it's not funny. Does shade have to be funny? No. I mean, not no. every burn is. A, in fact, most burns are not welcome. know <laughs> yes. Right.
2: This burn. This burn is serious and like kind of a cell phone. When Mister Bennett says. I would not wish for you to marry someone that you cannot respect. Yeah, because that's such a mm-hmm.
0: oh, sick cell phone. Yeah, mm-hmm. um, I think I'm gonna I'm gonna have a tie between Lizzie saying, um, um, "Oh come now, Mister Wickham, we are brother and sister, you know." Yes, and. <laughs> Lady Catherine saying, "I send no compliments to your mother. You deserve no such attention. I am very seriously displeased." <laughs> <laughs> um, although the shades of Pemberley being thus polluted, obviously also great. Good. What about you? What's your what's your f- favorite shady moment, Janine?
1: This might be self-serving, giving the uh, the predictions I tried to make for the cast, where I thought um, someone would have a burn, and they didn't really. But then Julie, you pointed out something that I think is now the sick burn: just Mary staring into the camera. <laughs> she
0: really did too. I'm not <laughs> making Mary's that Jim up. Halpert moment. Great, great, great. Okay, um, what's your favorite costume? Lots of choices. I'm gonna oh, go God. with. We haven't really talked about this one, but the scene. Um, after Darcy and Bingley leave the first time when Lizzie and Jane are just walking outside and Lizzie is like, well, I think you're on your way to making him as much in love with you as ever. Jane is wearing this beautiful white dress and then her little like Spencer type thing has these cage sleeves where it's like green but you see the cap sleeve of the dress underneath and it was so pretty. I mean there are lots of great costumes in this episode. Also Lydia's Bitches I'm Married Now look. <laughs> oh yeah. yeah. <laughs> with the ridiculous like feather boa and the crazy shit on the hat. And then Lady and the- Catherine's I've, I've Got So Much Money Traveling gown. Yeah. Also the wedding dresses are beautiful. Yes. Yeah. What about you Julie, what's your favorite costume?
2: I think um, it's going to be a tie. And this uh, episode, I'm sending out so much love to accessories. It's going to be the coral necklace that Jane wears so when Bingley proposes to her, because I really just think it like created something for her character. And then <laughs> fucking Lady Catherine's ermine muff. <laughs> Fuck Yes. Those are my two favorite costume pieces. The costuming in this episode was, of course, beautiful, like it has been in the entire series. But those two tiny things like added something to their moments that really made them stand out to Mm
0: -hmm.
1: me. For me, it was all the all the men's coats were just catching my eye left and right. Like, uh, (laughs) wait,
0: wait, wait, I'm sorry. Those coats.
1: Mm. Well, except Wickham's. He was Fuck that guy. Fuck that guy. I love that costume because it was a good color.
0: It's but it's so bland. Like they make it look it looks very expensive. Yeah. But he just it's you know what? It's the lack of regimentals. All of a sudden he's just way less hot.
1: He's just nothing. It was just
0: those coats the whole time. A scrub is a guy who thinks he's fly. He's also known as a guy who's not wearing his regimentals anymore.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Um, With a special call for the coats for um, uh, Mr. Bennett, I don't think this was the first time he wore that coat. But we had a close up when they were when he was talking with Lizzie about the letter and the fabric Mm -hmm. and just the pattern. in it was. He likes a natty
0: jacket. It's true. He does like. like He doesn't like to talk about lace, but he sure does like a nice jacket. He likes a textile. Mm -hmm. Um, all right. Who is your, let's see. We, okay. d- Allison, I can Golden butthole. Hold on. Is, Alexa. Is, stop. Can you Alexa mark that like, down? Out of nowhere, she started talking. You know like, what? Hey, fuck it. Y'all just heard. I'm leaving it it's in. A-
1: this is where Amazon's getting fucked up. Like, yo, guys. Oh, hold on. Chill the fuck I out. I think
0: maybe Tom is locked out. Oh. Oh, okay.
1: That's clever. pause. Maybe.
0: Mm-hmm um yeah hold on just a second i think maybe sure. he's still trying dead. to get my attention <laughs>
1: Totally
0: using the alexa i'm just gonna go check yeah Hilarious. you know what fuck it keep this into talk amongst yourselves i'm forgetting I, we've still got to do the golden but- butthole we still have to do our mvp oh the drinks thing do the drinks on your own
2: thing. okay
0: uh could i get up to get a drink during this episode well i
2: didn't yeah uh i think it pretty much hits the ground running And especially if you know the book, you know what's coming, so you don't want to.
1: Well, and like, you know, there was, uh, I couldn't get up to get a drink during this. There there was a lot of action happening. Mm
2: -hmm. And
1: like, I will say this, and this is maybe just a note for the entire series. Whenever Mrs. Bennett would go off on something, that's when I really wanted to stand up and be like, lady, stop it, you're killing me, grating. Um, Credit to the actress, but that character was killing me. But this that's, is, yeah. There was just so much going on. And once we got to that, uh, to the Lady Catherine and Lizzie um, duel, man, that was great. That was really good. I really like that. Yeah. It moved.
2: I, I would say pulp moves, baby. I don't think that <laughs> I would have gotten up to get a drink during this one. Maybe... Maybe I wouldn't have been too sad to get up during one of the many turns about the um, property, but I have to admit that Jane, uh, sorry, Lizzie's dress down of Wickham would make me sad that I missed it. Yeah. Uh, so, no. I think I would watch this whole
0: episode from beginning to end without getting up.
1: Totally. Absolutely. There so is that's the I'm one.
0: back. Tom's not locked out. I have no idea what that was. Um, just Amazon being creepy. Robot overlords. Apparently. Yeah. Um, I uh, think... Oh, speak of the devil. Um, uh, I think that maybe the montage of the Bennets at home hating each other, you could get up and get another drink. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but that's about it. It's uh, mm-hmm. certainly once Lady Catherine shows up, it's riveting. Yeah. yeah. No, yeah. you don't want to leave. Okay. So who is your golden butthole? <sighs> it's so hard.
1: Yeah, dude. I want to, like, I want to make a butthole team. Like but a- I
2: I really think I have to say Mrs. Bennet. Mm. Yeah. I know that Lady Catherine is like the showy butthole, but Mrs. Bennet is like the butthole that been there, still there, still living, still making all this hard for everybody. Uh, just her being in a room with other people completely affects the way that they behave. Like, I, I've got to give it to Mrs. Bennet. She's the ultimate butthole. She's quite a butthole. What about you, yeah. Janine?
1: I would, I gotta say too, like I almost, I I knew we were going to have some happy endings. I thought she was going to derail Mr. Bingley and Mr. Darcy when they first showed up. And like, she couldn't, she just, she was just a jerk. She's just a giant jerk all the time. Um, But for an honorable mention, butthole, um, I'm just going to give it to, uh, to Wickham because he's that little butthole that you're just like, you know, we hate you. And Mm -hmm. everyone knows it now. And so you get to be all stinky by yourself. Sorry.
2: Lady Catherine obviously is a butthole. But she's like, it's a flash in the pan butthole. Yeah.
1: Like that's what it is. It's like some spicy food, you know?
0: Mm -hmm. (laughs) (laughs) Mm-hmm. I think I'm actually going to go with Lydia. Because she's such a butthole in this episode that she succeeds in somehow removing your sympathy for her. Like, I should yes. feel really bad for Lydia. And when we get to Death Comes to Pemberley, my very favorite Lydia is um, is in Death Comes to Pemberley. She's the, it's the most interesting she ever is. Um, but she's like, think of all of the shit that she does in her like two scenes in this episode she's an asshole to jane she's an asshole to kitty she's an asshole to her mother and then there's the moment where she's like so what do you guys think of my husband lizzie i think you must be jealous of me remember when you were in love with him fuck you i got him like she's the one and on top of all of that acknowledges not at all that she put her family through an incredible ordeal. And she's an asshole yeah. about Mrs. Gardner. Like she and Mr. Darcy. Like she's just a dick to everybody who tried to help her. Yeah. Like everyone. Everyone. She was in such a bad situation. So many people had to do so much to just begin to rescue her reputation and she's like fuck, you, like, fuck you, fuck you, fuck you, especially fuck you, fuck you, fuck you, look
2: at my fucking bonnet. Like, I feel like Mrs. Bennett made that though. Yeah, yeah.
0: But, you, you know. know what I mean,
1: At some point, kids gotta...
0: I'm sorry, when you're to that yeah, I mean, yeah. you gotta have a life. When you're yeah. you gotta yeah. you gotta you that much of a shit. dick to Jane, who's mean to mm-hmm. a golden yeah. retriever? <laughs> you're right. <laughs> Let no me know. I do I want to be friends with. No. Them. Yeah. okay, yeah. Nobody I want to know. Uh, who's your MVP for this episode? Lots of choices.
1: Mm. Uh,
0: for this particular episode, I have to say, Mister Bennett. He's good. Mm-hmm. Um, that actor's name is Hold on, Benjamin Whitrow. Benjamin Whitrow. Thank you for an excellent, Mister Bennett. I, of course, Lizzie and Darcy
2: are amazing in this episode. It's great, but we've gotten to sing their praises before. This episode is
0: like, oh, he just died. He just died a couple of years ago, two thousand seventeen. Oh.
1: Oh, no, I can't Ugh. make fun of his R. last I name. P. I can't do that. Mm-hmm. Good job, buddy.
0: Um, what about you, Janine?
1: Uh, oh, and I shouldn't be making fun of his last name. It just I had a funny image in my head. Anyway, sorry. Um, Lizzie is straight up. Jennifer like, Ely? Yeah, Jennifer Ely was just like hardcore MVP for me. Like, uh, I mean, obviously, she's, you know, the lead character and like she, she we see her journey. But man, the way that uh, that journey was kind of like the culmination of it in this episode. And I really just loved the. Uh, you know, um, her ability to deal with what Lady Catherine was offering, and then just trying to be like holding her own and like still being very confused with what was happening. I just, I, she did a great job. There's a lot, there's a, a massive journey, obviously, and it just, I can't give it to anybody else. It's her. Yeah. yeah. You
0: know, I think I agree with you. It's tough for me. Um, there's not nearly enough Darcy for it to be Colin Firth, even though he's really good in this episode. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. I think Mr. Bennett is a great choice. I also think Lady Catherine would be a great choice because that scene is so good that mm. it just like raises the level of everything else that comes after. It's like it mm-hmm. kicks the episode into another gear. Um, but Jennifer Ely is just. She just she just makes me so, she's so happy for Jane like it's a great it's a great Lizzie Bennet performance yeah. it's maybe my favorite of all of the the PPS I've seen my favorite stretch of Lizzie is Lizzie in episode six of this miniseries. she's so good mm-hmm. so good all right well hey we wow. did it we did PP. we did it eighty BBC PP. Janine yeah. how do you feel
1: you know um, I feel much more informed. About um, about pop culture, uh, is it pop culture? It's pop culture. Yeah, uh, pop culture that uh, I should have known about a lot a lot earlier. I think I would have been able to relate to people a little bit better because uh, this is like some deep shit, and it's like good. Um, A little
2: bit more interest in Jane Austen in general because she's so fucking amazing.
1: Yeah, honestly, I think I'm. I mean, I know we've got this bit with this, you know, podcast thing now, but like, uh, I might actually read one or two of the read books. Read some, dude. Yeah. She's
0: good. Yeah. I mean, Sounds read like Pride it's... and Prejudice. Well, because yeah. th- eventually the hope is that. We we're gonna do a bunch of PP. Maybe sure. then we switch to something else for a while and come back because there are so many Pride and Prejudice adaptations. But one of those we'll talk about the book. Because it really Julie's read it. Um I would happily reread it at any time. I love it so yeah. much. Um and I think you would really enjoy it. It's a great read. It's so romantic and so funny. Fucking Mrs. Bennett is That's so fair. funny on paper. All of her shit, that's the thing.
2: Any any of them you want to read, because she's so, so funny. funny. Northanger Abbey, I think, might be the funniest,
0: but they're all funny. Northanger Abbey is hilarious. It's uh, very yeah. funny.
1: I saw, yeah, this was a great experience. We're I'm glad good. we're doing it. Yeah.
0: All right, well, we haven't settled on what we're doing next just yet. I guess maybe we should choose now. Well, no, because we're doing our wrap-up episode next. So, um, yeah. so you have an idea of what's coming, dearest listeners. Um, we are going to do one big wrap-up episode. We're going to do a costumes episode, which I'm totally stoked about. And then we have to decide what comes next. So if you have strong feelings, please let us know. Uh, The one thing I know for sure is we're going to be saving Joe Wright's PP for a while because it's the other really big sort of classic adaptation at this point. Um, so should it be Pride and Prejudice and Zombies? Should it be Bride and Prejudice? Should we do Laurence Olivier? Should we do Bridget Jones? Like, tell us what you think. You can do that by finding us on Twitter at PodlenderCast or visiting us at Facebook.com slash PodlenderCast. You can also back us on Patreon and tell us there. That's Patreon.com slash PodlenderDunkCast. That's also where, if you want, uh, you can pledge it at such a level that you can join our Slack community, which obviously we really love. Um, it also comes with access to the Crowdcasts, where we watch these live, and the Lunch Break that we've been doing which have been so fun and cool learning facts about salamanders guys it,
1: that fire it, it was Salamander great it was so
0: it was cool great. Yeah, really um, like it was really good good job Sabrina um, so you can do that again at patreon.com slash podlander drugcast. Uh, you can also find us on TikTok um, <laughs> uh, if you enjoyed the show please leave a review on iTunes or Stitcher or I don't know like Skyride it, send us a whatever, but please leave us a review. It really helps. Um, I want to thank everybody who listens to the show for all they do to make it possible, but I particularly want to thank our patrons and all of our patrons. In particular, we want to say thank you to these folks, Julia gulia Kathleen Martini, Kelsey Kemp, Madison Johnson, Emily Day, Betsy English, Caitlin Reddick, Ashley Tegeson, Tina Barnett, the other Janine, Kristen, Alicia Glynn, Liz Penniston, Stella Welch, Zena Perez, Chrissy Shively, Denise Perkins, Kayla Reagan, Rachel Lazon, Rochelle LaFever, Amanda Smazaz, wait, did I say Liz <laughs> Penniston already? I did not, good. Yes. I did? I thought you did. I don't know. Whatever. Go on, say it again. Okay. Uh, I'm just going to say Liz and Tinkerbell so that I don't miss it later. The other Janine, Kristen, Alicia, Glenn, Liz, Peniston, and Tinkerbell. I did. Uh, Stella Welch, Xena Perez, Chrissy Shively, Denise Perkins, Kayla Reagan, Rachel LaZan, Rochelle LaFever, Amanda Sbazazza, Heather Robbins, Sweet Sassy Malassi, Brittany Hulbert, <laughs> Amy Gustafson, Rachel Townsend, Steph Peterson, Kelly Mazella, Maria, Chantel Salters, Mary, The Falling Statue, Philip Nako Tara Lucino, Viv Pickles, aka Laura, Mary Lumpkin, Jenna Polkowski, Ann Gibson, Ruth McCormick, Katie Kirshner, Kara Marlow, Trish McCrary, Jen Lander, Drunkland, Kelly Bodden, Amanda Newton, and Kiki the The wise wise. thank you so much for making it possible for us to do this show um fuck you Donald Trump (laughs) yeah I'm very glad this is our first episode in which there is a president-elect uh since the live show that we did at empirical um and it feels pretty good I gotta say
2: it It feels
0: I'm very excited for it to be January 20th but even now feels way better. We, soon, Julie, think of it this way. Soon, we won't be breaking the law every time we do this podcast because women will be allowed to be funny again.
2: Oh my God. How have we managed these last I don't, four years? I can't years? believe they haven't caught We're me.
1: underground. Underground is what we I are. I
2: guess right. we're just not funny. I though. guess. That
0: this is just That's a sign a that we're bullshit. not funny. Fuck off. Yeah. We love y'all. <laughs> Take care of each other. We will be back soon.
1: Uh, bye. 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 bye.